some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop. I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. project was a spin-off of the Pegasus project, focusing on the Montauk chair. Its advantage, of course, was that the chair doesn't go anywhere, nor really does the time travel. And yet they were able to uh, derive reliable intelligence, that is actionable intelligence about the future, because they would send your, our minds forward, and let's say we would see ourselves in our home 20 years in the future. Welcome back, guys. How are we doing? That was Andrew Basago. We did an episode on him uh, the previous episode, and we didn't plan on doing a second episode on him, but there really is just so much to cover with him. Such a complicated and fascinating subject that we yeah we decided to kind of revisit it. And part of that reason was because your uh, trained conspiracy research theorist uh, didn't just fucking sucked at explaining the story. And even after I listened to the story, uh, the podcast last time, I was like, what in the fuck was I talking about? So uh, attempt number two. And remember, uh, Project Pegasus, some challenging information, and we neither subscribe or deny it, but we do listen to it and we are open to it. Uh, yeah, let's just kind of review kind of what we did cover. Yes. Uh, kind of start from the beginning and we'll take it from there. Red, do you uh, give us a little review, a little one minute review on what we did? We went over uh, the basics of who Andrew is, and he's an attorney. And he worked on this, the teleportation, the mind experience. I mean, we didn't get that deep into it. And I guess that's why we have to revisit. But uh, he's intelligent. He speaks like he's, um, you know, worthy. We, we need to dig deeper into this. Because it's far out there. <clears throat> it really is. <laughs> so basically, the, the story is that Andrew Basago, when he was a young boy, around six years old, um, his, his father was a scientist, worked for the government, Russian, and yeah. brought him into all kinds of um, CIA or government experiments where they were doing teleportation and time travel and stuff like that. And one of the questions I had last week, Drew, if you remember, I, I wasn't sure if he actually traveled. I thought that's what he was saying. And then you were like, no, well, I, I think they're actually just seeing the future or the, or the past. So I went back and I, I listened to a bunch of his stuff again. And this is why I was so confused. Actually, 
It was both. There mm-hmm. was multiple experiments going on. You see, I was confused about that. Let me just play one quick clip of him. I'll try this one right here. The body of the teleportee didn't go anywhere. You just your, your body stayed back in the chair, but your mind went forward. Okay. Whereas when you were teleporting via other devices that allowed for physical displacement in time space, you were physically at risk, which was a negative. Right. So right there, he's saying that the body doesn't really travel. Okay. I spent more time researching, and that this one's a little longer, but I really should just play this first. He explained some of the different systems, uh, all the different systems and different experiments that they were working I was involved with. in eight different modalities of time travel, spanning the gap. I mean, the most rudimentary form, essentially, was conventional remote viewing that we were doing for the Office of Naval Intelligence. And then they began spinning us to induce out-of-body experiences and questioning us about what we saw when we were out-of-body. Then, in spring of 1970, they were placing us on what later came to be known as the Montauk Chair, which is a transducer that bumps the human mind forward in time so you can directly experience a future life event. And then when you can come back, you can answer questions about what you saw when you were out of body visiting your future. Right. Uh, then we were introduced. We had early on been by, by in my case, by 1967-68, but after I was officially placed in the program in the fall of 1969, the kids in the program were then introduced to Tesla teleportation in summer of 70, to chronovision, which is a way to, to visit past and future events via hologram. Uh, that was by fall of 70. And then we began to be involved in more elaborate forms of bodily teleportation and you know, other forms of physical time travel that the Tesla teleporters allow. So you see why I was confused. That yeah. There's different systems, and sometimes they were just viewing. Uh, he said that sometimes that one of the reasons why they used children... Physically. Yeah, was they were just taking children's view of the future and amplifying it, and then they were taking that, amplifying it, putting it on a screen and just viewing it. Mm. And then there was also actual teleportation. And that's what I'm, I'm going to cover three main things today. I'm going to cover the technology and the ways and means that they were doing this, why children, and what the purpose of this program was. And uh, if it's okay with you guys, uh, I'm just going to start at the beginning. Yeah. I'm going to start on, on yeah, January 7th, 1943. Do you know what day that was? And I'd also like to call myself out uh, for last week saying that Mr. Bashiago, uh, Bashiago, um, was a victim of mind control because he's very adamant that he was not a victim of mind control. Uh, he does does not hide that they were traumatized and it was a very traumatic experience. Well, no doubt. So the purpose of this program, it, it's a military program. The military industrial complex wanted a way. They were seeking ways to keep soldiers from being killed by friendly fire. Basically, they wanted to see the fight before the fight happened. Um, and that's interesting because that ties into the reptilian brain and the people that run the world. They have to know the outcome before the event even takes place. All right. So we begin on 19, or January 7th, 1943. That's the day Nikola Tesla uh, died. He died in the New Yorker Hotel somewhere in New York on January 7th, 1943. There literally, according to Mr. Bishago, was a race between the War Department and the FBI to claim Tesla's papers. After they were claimed, uh, they were claimed by the, I think the, the War Department actually got them that day. They were forwarded directly to the president's desk. And then from that uh, point, they were forwarded to Los Alamos Lab, where he claims they remain to this day. And you have to have a very 
high security clearance to view these papers that belong to Tesla. I don't know if anybody, if you have not ever read about Tesla, uh, one of Tesla's greatest quotes, Tesla's got a, a lot of good quotes. His greatest quote, in my opinion, uh, if you want to know the secrets of the universe, master the, master the number 369. Tesla was attempting to produce free energy, you know, not tied to pet petroleum or anything else like that. And how have they honored Tesla to this day? By making a fucking electric car out of him. You're naming it. You know what I mean? That's the, that's the inversion. It's, that's the, the uh, negative aspect of it. That's what these people do. They just invert shit. So 1968, after they get Tesla's papers, so they spent 25 years working on this. By 1968, the United States government and DARPA develops uh, Tesla time travel technology. Some of the technology they use, the ways and means, the radiant energy, which was one of Tesla's most secretive projects, is where Pegasus derived, came from. So Mr. Bishago claims that when one arrays radiant energy, the individual and the individual's inertia opens up a void in the time-space continuum. Then, Nico, you said something about negative in that clip, negative electricity and the Vortal Tunnel. He said that in one of these devices produced negative electricity and the subject would have to run at a wall as fast as you could and the Vortal Tunnel would open up, just like DC Comics and The Flash. Um, so you talk about putting your faith in something. The Tesla teleporter was a physical teleportation device. And this contained uh, scintillations or supercharged particles via a plasma confinement chamber, which is something that they would basically walk into. It's a simulation. He says that it embedded you temporarily in the past. Um, it created a wormhole that got you there, but allowed you to just reappear in the chamber of the, of the test. Now, a wormhole, what exactly is that? Wormhole. Yes. I need to look up the actual definition of Basically, a Basically, a tunnel yeah. through, through space-time. Or through space-time. Well, Einstein theory yes. uh, is that there would be, according to the math, which is crazy to me, Yeah. but he said that there would be wormholes in space, which is basically just like a tunnel where it rips. In other words, they, yeah. they usually describe it by taking a piece of paper... Now, you got to look at space and time as a fabric. It's this fabric of space and time. Right. And if you take it like this, okay, and you're on this end of the paper and he's over there, they fold it and they say, by, by an extreme amount of gravity, it bends space-time so close yeah, that now those time. two distant points touch together yep. and you can jump from one to the other. Yeah, and you just made and an actual jump, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you're doing that by bending space so All much right. that this end touches that end. Yeah, you're bending and now you can time. Go, and they say if life or anything is is transversing through the entire universe because it would take so long, even you can't go fast on the speed of light, the only way to theoretically do it quick enough would be by creating a wormhole. And Mr. Bashago Which is uh, also jumping through not only space but time, mm -hmm. because space and time is yeah. a fabric woven in together. And this is he, this yeah. is fascinating because he points out that uh, according to his like quantum uh, theorists and quantum physicists, that time-space are uh, space, or the actual space, the, the perception of space is so densely packed that with these negative energy, these negative particles, this negative electricity that Tesla was able to harness... It basically would cut a, a void in the time-space continuum, and they f uh, figured out a way to, I guess, maneuver through that and to like plot their way through it. Not at the beginning, because he does he does talk about children like winding up in a fountain with their legs cut off, right. uh, stuff like that. Um, and one other point, real quick the the reason that this is some 
far out there shit. And it's really easy for people to be like, dude, that's crazy. Okay, well, the number one ways and means for the powers that be to make you like not even look into this is because we just had an Avengers movie come out that made $2 billion. And what did they do? They traveled to the quantum realm. Hollywood gives us the truth, in my opinion, but they pass it off as fucking fiction so that the rest of the masses are like, dude, that can't happen. That happened in the Avengers movie, man. Right. There's been a lot yeah. of science fiction writers in yeah. history that have had predicted things. Yeah. I forget the one guy's name, but one guy a long time ago, you know, way before we had any of this stuff, wrote science fiction books with submarines and all, kind, all kinds of stuff that we have like in present day. And there's been so many examples of this, just... Guys imagining things and writing stories about it, you know, even Star Trek with the uh, yep, with, with the, the little device, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that looked just like the next telephones, you know? Yeah, and, they were right on. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Egyptian hieroglyphics that have fucking UFOs and helicopters and fighter jets in them too, you know. So this is not, you know, Nostradamus talked about stuff like this. Da Vinci talked about stuff like this. Designed stuff like this. Uh, da Vinci yeah. went missing for a year, came back, was not, was not anything special before he left, but when he comes back, he has all this divine wisdom. Where the fuck did Da Vinci go for a year? You know? I mean, so this ac- right. this information, Tesla wasn't the first one. Tesla just figured out how to, I guess, access that information. All right. So we have the reason. They wanted a reason to see the battle and to win wars prior to the war even taking place. Right, basically see the future. Yes. The, the ways and means. Tesla technology, the radiant energy, one of Tesla's most secretive projects that he didn't share with Edison, J.P. Morgan, the, the thing he carried to his death that the War Department and the FBI were at a scramble for to seize the day he died. And those papers mm. were seized on January 7th, 1943. They have never, ever left, you know, classified, I guess, uh, what are the qualification or uh, declassified? Yeah, they've never been declassified. In fact, they went straight to the president's desk, and the president at the time, who was president in 1943? Uh, Eisenhower? Mm. No, that's not Eisenhower. It would have no. been Herbert, Herbert Hoover. No, not yes. be Truman. Truman. It would have been Truman. Okay. Right? Because he's Reagan. Right. Well, he didn't declassify him at that nope. time. He sent them straight to Los Alamos lab where the scientists in DARPA began developing these, this technology. It took them 25 years, and by 1968, they had the ability to uh, time travel using Tesla time travel technology. So the children, this, I found this fascinating. I looked more into this last night. Why kids? This is a quote from Mr. Bishago. Testing the effects on children from stable backgrounds pertaining to executive branch officials. That something happened where we would have to send executive branch officials from Colorado to across the world in, a, in the event of a cataclysm or whatnot, mm. what would Nuclear. be the effects? Yeah. What would be the effects of this technology on their children? So that's one of the, the prime reasons they were using kids. They wanted to know, would kids be okay if they were to happen to use this technology? What would the effects be? Um, he called them chronovisors. He says uh, there were 140 children a part of the project, and a lot of them through traumatization and whatever else, because uh, they were they were tortured. <laughs> I yeah, mean, they were they tortured. Were definitely tortured. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he says that not everybody is like him. Um, he's just happening to retain these thoughts, uh, much like how an MK Ultra victim, while he was not an MK Ultra victim, I must emphasize that because I did say that last week, and I apologize. But he says that a lot of them do not retain their thoughts. If they do retain their thoughts, like some of the MK victims we see today, you know, 
fucking Amanda Bynes, Nicole, Anna Nicole Smith, Britney Spears is a blatant MK Ultra victim. Um, mm. A lot of them just won't retain them. And if they do retain these thoughts, they're either labeled crazy, stupid, like, or they're killed. The third purpose of children, they were eventually to be trainees that would be admitted into the Naval Academy and be like a 21st century soldier, if not. And another reason, I guess the fifth reason, was that he found that the DARPA found that when you sent adults, when, when you put adults into this technology or behind the wheel of this technology, adults having perceptions and biased opinions mm -hmm. and like long standing belief would yeah. see things and as assume stuff and would then like literally project things in this simulation that was not there. So they found that that was an issue because adults, when, when adults were going or being a part of the simulation, they weren't seeing the same thing kids were. But all the kids, you know, a matter of th three, four or five kids that were sent would all see the same thing. Every adult would see something different. So they found right. that they could not trust adults' perception. The blank slate worked better. Yeah, yeah. the innocence and blank slate of a, a child's imagination just worked better because a kid didn't, a kid walked into the situation and was like, well, let's just check it out. Let's not assume anything, you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But one of the questions I had last week was about, you know, changing the past or changing the future. You know, and there's always that theory that, you know, if you go back and you change one thing, that it's gonna it's gonna screw everything up. He I did find him talking about that last night, and it's a little bit confusing. But I have a couple of clips where he kind of explains yeah, how that's, that's interesting. You, yeah, if he if he he's saying you can't change the past. He goes, in other words, let me just play one of these clips first. Yeah. Think about when you go back to the past. What is it there? What what time is it in the past? It's the present, and that means that when you go back in time from your point of reference in the future. You're, you're present. You affect the past's present and you become a causal agent in the original event. All right. I'm going to play one more. Huh. And he he actually to, explains you have to play that. that again. <laughs> yes. And, yeah. and what's the one odd thing is I went through, I went all over YouTube and I found he's got a lot of stuff on YouTube, whether it's interviews or he's just doing speeching engagements in front of people. Every one of them, the sound quality is garbage. As bad as this one is. Right. It's the best one I could find. Now, I, all this technology, the guy can't come up with a decent microphone. Yeah, one of them, amazing. he's actually on the street, and there's like trucks going by and wind. It was driving me absolutely insane. Are you insane. kidding me? But he's saying like he, – he says, if when I travel to the past, right? Right. When he went to the, the Lincoln Address, he says, I was already in that picture, and it couldn't have happened unless I had already done it. He goes, and then if I – it's very confusing. Yeah. And then – because it had already happened. Because I couldn't have traveled there if it didn't happen already. Right, so it had to have happened. But how did it happen? That was the past. Because when you intervene in the past, you can't change the past because it takes place during the past. All you can do is fulfill an event that is already evident. Right. How could it be evident, though, if you're living in this date and time? You know, that's yeah, the he issue. Said, he said, yeah. if I'm going there, I was already there. Yeah, exactly. This is his explanation, which is yeah. confusing. Yeah. But he said, he goes, and if something did get changed and you came back, you would never know it because when you came back, that was the past. So right. by that, like by that logic that he's saying that he was in <laughs> that make, photo. You're making the history. Yeah. He was in that Gettysburg photo uh, 50 years before he was even born. You know what I mean? That, that, that's, yeah, I mean, that, that's just. That's, so he's uh, saying I couldn't have gone back to there if I wasn't already there. Yep. Mm -hmm. So the you, future knew 
already knew mm-hmm. that in the future he was going to come back there. Mm-hmm. And if you look I, at that is, photo, this is his explanation, which is very confusing. That's bizarre. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, that's the explanation. Well, it's the same argument of like, how the fuck did Captain America? Like, are there two Captain Americas now? I don't get it. Like, why didn't he come back? Did he marry Peggy Carter? It's the same argument at the end of Avengers Endgame that I hear people talking like, what the? F-? We're asking people like, hey, why don't you put your uh, focus on? The real time travel project instead of the Captain America one in game. You know what I mean? I I actually have one more of him explaining that same thing because it is confusing and he talked about it for quite a bit. I was sent back to the original event and I was original, an original causal actor or factor in that location, that event scenario in the time space continuum. So, for example, before I left New Jersey in 1972, to go back to 1863 and try to see President Lincoln get to get his perfect dress. I was already in the photograph that existed in my time and place being there in 1863. Because I had been. Why had I been? Because I time traveled there. So when we go back in the past, we have an effect on the past's present, not in a causal way, but in a retro-causal way. Yeah, that's... Uh... Yeah, so he was already there. Yeah. I understand that, but but then how do you how do you you know yeah you were there, but now you're in this in this time in this life, right? But the, in the past, they already knew yeah. he was there. And he said, if something did get changed when you came back, you would never know it. Anyway, because everybody here would have had that memory of that being true. So when you see in movies where somebody goes into the past and then they come back to the present time and everything is different. And they're like, oh, my God. They wouldn't feel, oh, my God, everything is different. They would, at that point, think everything was perfectly normal. That's the way it always was. He says that his father, because anybody has asked this question, like, why would a fucking dad, like, submit their son to this possibly trauma and the risk of health and life and limb and whatnot, whatever else not? Uh, Mr. Bishago says he, to this day, loves his father. And his father told him one time that, son, uh, I believe in you. And that there are bigger factors at play here, and every generation wants the what's best for their next generation, the next of kin, and it kind of goes along with. Uh, I guess his dad was feared or scared for the future of the human race, as we all are, um, and that's why he, I guess, offered his son up to be a part of this project. Yeah, well, that's what um, the Schwedlow guy. Schwedlow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he was like a Russian. He was I think I think he was Russian descent. Yeah, his father like offered him up to be in the program, and and of course they were using kids. They wanted kids, so they were saying they were they were grabbing kids that were in mental institutions at the time, and you know uh, runaways on Long Island. They were grabbing. That's the type of thing they were doing in other experiments with people. It's just yeah, random people that really nobody would. Would be looking for him, you know. If you went into the hospital and you were like mental and shit, or your parents brought you in and they were like, I don't know, the kid's going ballistic. That's it. The guy's like, no problem. We got you. They gave you a shot. Your kid's going to be in the hospital for like eight months. Don't worry about it. And they took him out to Montauk. I don't know why you made me think about this, Red, but I was getting gas this week and somebody next to me, we, I happened to talk to them about the fucking New World Order or something. And they literally asked me, they're like, hey, man. Do you think Hillary Clinton eats babies? <laughs> I was oh, like, she might. <laughs> no, why do you listen to my podcast? You know, like, how right. much time do you have? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> hey, poor Clintons, man. They get blamed for everything. That's right. Uh, they do. They take it. The, Mr. Bashiago's hit. The story is incredible. One can only like. I'm sitting here as I listen to this and listen to this guy talk. Like, you either think that he's a L. Ron Hubbard type, but the guy's got plenty of money. He's a fucking attorney in Washington State. You know? Yeah. Uh, so why why is he? It's a great story. But he doesn't need the money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always look at what's the advantage of yeah. this person telling the story. And he, he doesn't seem to be making money off of it. It's, no. You know, he's running for president now. This is certainly isn't going to help him get elected. And yeah, exactly. president. I tell you what, I, I was anyways. very, very skeptical last week. And, you know, of course, I'm still skeptical. But the more I listen to him, you know, he he seems to have a lot of information. He doesn't sound crazy. And the more you listen takes a while to soak it in, the more you start to say, man, is this possible? You know, this kind of makes sense. Mm. I would it I would just like to do a little bit sense. more research and see how many of his stories can be confirmed as far as when he was at this place, you know, did his father work there and all of that stuff. But the things he talks about, DARPA and some of the other players, Donald Rumsfeld, he says Donald Rumsfeld just got just like, oh, God, time te- travel technology. We can win every war. We can win every yeah. war. Let's nuke them. Like, uh, yeah. it, it, they, uh, they want – it's a military thing. And as yeah. President Eisenhower reminded us, uh, we must be, what, warranted by the dangers of the military-industrial complex. So as we do, as we are the chosen ones, the chosen ones, our goal and our purpose to connect dots – like what we are seeing here as we connect these dots, it's just one more token to like, okay, this has some resonation, at least for me. When you connect dots, it seems very legitimate. Now, one thing that was declassified that does kind of line up with it, they have declassified stuff that they were experimenting with remote viewing and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's known, declassified, yeah. they've released it, they brought in people from all over the world. So this yeah. part wasn't. But they were using remote viewers in this experiment. Yeah. They were definitely into teleportation. They were different to mind, uh, changing the mind. Nothing on teleportation has been declassified. Well, I mean, I think there was some. But there was a lot of stuff on remote viewing. Well, and stuff nothing's like that been declassified, but they admit it. Where a lot of it's blacked out and it could right. tie into that. And yeah. maybe the, the part that's not declassified, it does kind of line up with the with yeah. the, the things that we do know, because eventually after 40 years or so, they, they declassify oh, yeah. certain things. And it does kind of line up with that stuff. Those are my favorite government documents. When you see these declassified documents and they leave one line on the top, it's like, oh, well, we'll <laughs> leave that in. But everything else is fucking omitted, you know? Right. Like, oh, man, I think I know who killed Kennedy. <laughs> All right, guys, I'll tell you what. Let's, let's um, take a two-second break and then we'll, we'll pick it up right here. Have you ever traveled out of this world? I know a way to go to Mars if you'd like. I'm an alien and I know the way. I'm an alien and I know the way. Just get in my spaceship and let's go right now. I'm gonna get you lit with this bone right now. I know you smoke the dope because you're just an alien. And it don't matter to me what you say. Watch out, sing along now. Let's go. Let's go. I wanna fly you back to my town. I wanna take you home. Show you my friends. 
DWO, the chosen ones. Nico, Red, and I, we like to think of you folks as the chosen ones because it's you that's going to uh, extend, evolve, adapt, and implement some of this knowledge and wisdom that we are trying to acquire ourselves. So that was Mr. Bashago and Project Pegasus. And I know that even me, who has studied this for a long time and researched it for a very long time. It's very challenging information. And if you go down the street and meet a random person that uh, is walking out of, I don't know, fucking Macy's or JCPenney, and you ask them about Project Pegasus and the possibilities of time travel, they're probably going to look at you like you are a nutto, a nutter butter. But the important thing is that you at least are open to it and just look into it. If it doesn't resonate to you, no big deal. You got to find things that you resonate to, whatever it is. So upcoming, what do we have on tap in the next few weeks and month of the DWO? Well, we have Audie is going to come on from the Hopi Indian tribe. Uh, very much looking forward to that. We have uh, some other guests We'll be appearing on a few other guest podcasts. Um, My Perfect Failure with Paul. Uh, who else do we have? Uh, Cointel Bro. They continue to start shit, and we will remove them from the sector. And we will also be appearing on their show at some point as a, uh, well, probably because we'll be, be caught behind enemy lines and they will be interrogating us. But we've got big things in store on the DWO, the chosen ones. And we are always on the hunt for tips, ideas. Anything that you want to hear us cover, let us know. Send us an email. Uh, find us on CastBox. Send us an email on Anchor. And Nico uh, has the email address. Podcast at gmail.com But we thank you for listening. Keep in mind that... Uh, all matter is merely energy condensed to a slow vibration. We are all one consciousness experiencing itself subjectively. There is no such thing as death. Life is a dream, and we are the imagination of ourselves. You want to make the world a better place? According to Bill Hicks, the great philosopher and comedian, you have two choices. It's as simple as living your life in fear or living your life for love. The eyes of fear want you to close your doors, lock your doors, buy more guns, barricade yourself off from the world. Why the eyes of love are asking you to look at all of us, everyone, as one consciousness in all infinite aspects of God. Remember, you are the watch. The world that we pass on to our children is our legacy. Let's leave our legacy intact so that they can have a legacy. Because my generation, 
uh, is slowly running out of time. And it is almost time for those kids to take this on. And oh my God, it's worse now than it was when I was a kid. So at some point, you've got to ask yourself, do I have integrity? And if they try to take everything else from me, what's the one thing that they can't take? Integrity. Believe it to achieve it. Follow your heart. Whatever resonates to your heart is what your calling is. For Nico, Red, The Professor, and Yoda, this is Drewbert McTrewbag, and we will catch you on the flip side. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. Have a great week. Well, that's all I had. Thank you for listening. This is a lot of fun. We love you, everybody. We love everybody. Thank you, and camera did. That's my line. Don't you get Okay, bye. This is Agent X, and I'm on to you. I've noticed all of your attempts to hack into our Bro surveillance system, and I'm on to you. And I have contingencies in place to prevent your unauthorized entry into our surveillance system. So should you somehow manage to get through, just know you will be dealt with. And anyone listening to this podcast, you will be dealt with too. If you want to find out the repercussions of being dealt with, then come listen to the Cointel Bro Surveillance Agency and our improv comedy podcast at www.cointelbro.net. That's C-O-I-N-T-E-L-B-R-O.net. See you there.